Hi guys, Lauren here, and I have a question for you this week. How do you handle burnout? I have been struggling with this. I just posted about it on social media. I've been struggling with reading burnout. Um, I don't want to talk too much in this intro because I actually go into it with our author today, Trisha Levenseller, and we're talking about Warrior of the Wild, her new book, her new awesome, like, epic, in the woods, standalone warrior woman badass novel. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I prompted Trisha because I've been struggling with it this week and I just am finding myself like burnt out on reading. Like I've been cramming in books and, you know, not giving myself enough time and then it's become work, even though it's never really work cause I'm enjoying them. Um, so it's an interesting topic and I, I guess I'm curious for those of you listening, like, how do you handle burnout? Do you handle, I mean, and I mean it in like reading or in your work or, you know, she talks about it with her writing. It's something that I think we all struggle with. And it's such a frustrating thing because psychologically I had books I wanted to finish and I genuinely was engaged in, into these books, but my mind was just like, nope. I can't be bothered and I don't want to talk to you right now and I just want to not read a book or whatever. And I had to listen and luckily I, you know, broke out of it and I'm going to, I have a couple things I think I can try. I don't know. I just, I'm frustrated because who, who wants to deal with burnout? And that it makes you have to kind of reevaluate though. I will say that. And it makes you go, okay, well, this obviously isn't working. So what can I do to change it? So I would really be curious to, hear what you have to say. If any of you are listening, you want to come over to Instagram on Ink Feather Books um, and post about it. I'd be really interested to hear what you have to say. But for those of you listening who maybe this is your first time listening, like I said, my name's Lauren and I want to tell you a little bit about the podcast. I love fantasy and sci-fi and so I decided to start interviewing the authors of these books that I love to get like inside secrets to how they create the stories and things that inspire them and things that they deal with every day. And I, you know, I'm fascinated by that and the, the creation of art and, you know, what inspires people who are essentially professional artists to find their muse and, you know, keep connecting with the art side of things and bring these stories and all of that good stuff. So, um, and I know I'm not the only one out there. So I thought I would record these interviews and create a weekly podcast to, um, to promote these authors books and to kind of get some insight into what they have to say about their writing journeys and, um, you know, what they're working on, what they're reading, all of that good stuff. So, but yeah, Trisha Levenseller, she had a pirate duology come out, and they were her debut. The first one was her debut. Um, it was The Daughter of the Pirate King, and then the sequel, it's a duology, was The Daughter of the Siren Queen. And so this Warrior of the Wild is a standalone. It is fantasy instead of like piratey, and it's totally different genre, and it was very, very cool. I read it really fast, and um, yeah, so Trisha's joining us today to talk about the details of this book. Before we go into the interview, I just want to remind everybody about my Etsy page for my photography business. It's LZ Studios. And it's cool because I have bookish swag in that Etsy store because I photographed these author calendars. And so I got a bunch of leftover signature swag of people signing their photos and bookmarks and postcards and stuff like that. You know, they make a really cool gift, especially with new books coming out. If you don't get your chance to 
access a an author nearby but you want to have their signature in a book this is a really great way to do that I have a lot of book plates but I also have signed prints which are really great and varying sizes and all kinds of other cool stuff so be sure to check that out it's LZ Studios there's a tag in my Instagram stories or my Instagram profile I'll be sure to link below and please subscribe to the podcast please review the podcast I would love to hear what you guys have to say we'd love to get our numbers up we'd love to get more reviews on the books on like iTunes so if you're loving the podcast please give it five stars leave a comment um, spread the word you know I'm, I'm trying to get this little podcast out into more hands because I think that these authors have a lot of really cool things to say and I want people to experience those. So, okay, now on to my interview with Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Welcome to the Ink Feather podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to have you. I'm excited to talk to you about your new book, your standalone badass woman warrior book, Warrior of the Wild. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we are recording this a couple days before it's coming out. It comes out this upcoming Tuesday, so in a couple days. Yes. Are you like prepped for it? Are you excited for your baby to be out in the world? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm having a launch party with my good friend and fantasy author, Charlie N. Holmberg. So we're doing a joint launch because her book also came out this month. So we're going to have a big party. It's going to be lots of fun. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to dig into this book. And like, I have a bunch of questions for you, but actually one of the things I've been trying to do lately is like incorporate more, I don't know, personal stuff in the, into the podcast. Just not just like, tell me about your book and tell me about these characters. So okay. I was thinking about it today and I was really curious. Actually, I had a friend on Instagram say, you should ask Trisha about this. I did a post yesterday about like burnout because I have been like I, I was specifically talking about reading burnout like I've uh -huh. been scrambling to deal with like to catch up on the podcast episodes I like to read the books beforehand and then sometimes I'm scrambling and then it's it's not that they're never fun to read but I've it got to the point where I was like I just don't want to read right now right, and it's it work. was yeah it became I mean it's fun work but it became work and I don't know I just I was you know I was asking people for advice but I was just curious like have you dealt with writing burnout at all I mean I'm or reading burnout too but I was thinking more specifically with the writing have you had to like I don't know change it up or cope with it in any way Oh my gosh that is so funny that you asked this question because that's actually how the idea of Warrior of the Wild came to be huh. um I was uh, sword fighting fatigued, if that's a thing. I'm making it a thing. I was, <laughs> I mean, I, I published, right, my first two books, which are swashbuckling adventures, right? Yes. Lots of lots of sword play. And I love action adventure and I love me a good sword fight. But after I finished those two books, I was like, I do not want to write another sword fight right now. <laughs> like, that's the last thing I want to do. There were just way too many in those books. And so I thought, okay, I want my next book to also have um, lots of action, but I want it to have a different kind of feel because I'm so burned out with the mm. swords. What could I do? And that's when Gimli popped into my head, you know, and my <laughs> axe. And I was like, oh my gosh, axe battles. <laughs> like, <laughs> how fun would that be? So um, everything sprung from that initial concept of I want to do battle axes. Um, I get fatigued all the time. When I'm halfway through a novel, I'm sick of it. Even before I get to the halfway point, I'm sick of it. I don't want to work on it anymore. It helps to, you know, depend on this for, you know, my livelihood. <laughs> for it to um to have deadlines with the publisher and everything yeah. but uh often what I have to do is um I have to pause right where I'm at in the book and ask myself okay what can I do to make this next scene I'm about to write fun 
you know, just think of one element that I love and work it into that scene so that the scene is more exciting to write. So sometimes I just have to step back and be like, okay, I have to write this scene next. It's an important scene, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be writing it, but how can I make it even more fun? So I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's just a matter of stepping back and taking a a fresh look at what I'm about to do. I'm not quite sure how you would apply that to reading in your case, but I think it's just general (laughs) burnout. I mean, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to just ask you about the writing specifically, obviously, because I know that's what you do, but um, Uh it was, it was just the, like, this is a part of my life slash work right now. And I was like, oh, I just don't, I just didn't have the mental energy to like, so basically what happened was, is I, I wanted to read your book and I was excited and I set myself aside time for it, but I had other books earlier in the day that I was like halfway done with or like three quarters of the way done with. And I'm like, oh, and I'm leaving for a trip next week. So I was like, oh, I should get these done before I leave. And I had absolutely no idea for picking any of them up. And that is not the fault of the books. I was captivated by all of them. I wanted to read all of them. I was just like, nope, I want to clean my basement and watch friend reruns. That's what I want to do tonight. (laughs) My brain couldn't handle any sort of ingestion it needed to just like veg out and sure. um and I did that all of yesterday and then I laid down in bed last night at like okay seven thirty-eight. I like went to bed early like in bed to read with my cat on me I think I tagged you on Instagram I, yes I saw that very cute it was like I was like feeling I was like feeling more alive and the book sucked me right in and I actually read it in one fell swoop, I was going to read it a little bit last oh, night and a little bit that. together yeah I mean I didn't even put it down like oh thank um, you which was great. And I was enjoying it and couldn't, you know, the pages flew as I was reading, but it was just such a, a weird feeling to be like, Oh, I psychologically, I don't hate these books. And psychologically, I like reading in general. Why am I not? Why am I avoiding this? It was very weird, you know? Yeah, but we all get burned out sometimes. And that's okay. Um, Sometimes the other thing I do when I have reading or writing fatigue is I go back and I read something that I know I like. Mm. So if it's the book I'm working on, I go to a scene that I just really had so much fun reading or writing and that I want to reread. If it's a book, I'll go back and read a scene that I love from a book. And sometimes that'll just be like, oh, see, I want to feel this again, but with something new, you know, and that'll Mm -hmm. sometimes like spark a a need to pick up something new. But yeah, that's uh. interesting that um, (laughs) this was the brainchild of, of burnout, which is actually, yes, <laughs> that's serendipitous. That's pretty cool. It is. Yes. It really worked out. <laughs> and you know, in hindsight, now that you said that, I don't think there's a single sword in the whole book. Is there? Oh no, no swords. There is a, there's like knifey daggery yes, things. There's a dagger and then the axes. Mm-hmm. And there's like spears out of necessity, but like, yes, yes. And like uh spitting tools, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then one of my questions is, is the first, culture and even the cover lends it this way is like Norse mythology it's got like a Norse vibe with the axe was that Uh kind of the direction you took for like drawing the world I mean because the world's really unique and but I don't also don't have a ton of Norse experience was it just like I want to do axes and I'm gonna just do whatever I want or did you go okay I want to like honor a culture that used them um no it's more in the vein of I love axes and I'm going to do whatever I want. I think, <laughs> I think the Norse take is more of a marketing tool. My publisher is using uh, okay. because, because Vikings are familiar, you know? Yeah. So when you say a Viking inspired novel, that instantly brings an image to your mind. So it's, it's an easy um, yes. way to pitch a book, if that makes sense. It does, so yeah. I think it's more of a marketing tool that they're using. Um, I don't mind it being described that way. There is a very loose sense of Viking culture in the, the honor system that I've kind of set up in the book. Mm-hmm. And um, with the, the, the styling on the weapon, 
weapons that I describe and things like that, but it's, it's very loosely based. It's mostly just like, I wanted to write a monster book with battle axes. (laughs) I was just going to say, like, you have some crazy monsters in this book, like really scary ass monsters in this book. And I was like, cause I was like thinking while I was reading this, um, especially after reading the ending, uh, and I'm not, for those of you listening, we're not going to talk the big spoiler. We already decided ahead of time we weren't going to discuss it. But um, just how you define fantasy and, like, the boundaries of what defines fantasy. And I was like, well, even if everything else was perfectly like our world or, like, exactly like Norse history, if that's what you were going for, you have huh. freaking monsters in the woods and in the lakes and in the air and trying to eat you. And, like, yes. it's kind of insane. Um <laughs> Talk to me about, I guess, creating these baddies. Were they? Were you just like, oh, I need a tree one. I need a, I need a giant dinosaur in the lake. I need like the the one that really freaked me out. I can't remember what you called it, Gobin or something. I think. Oh, the Gunda. Gunda, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, um, it's like a tree with two legs and no arms and eyeballs at the top of its like weird like tree face head, and then its like <laughs> body splits open and drops out a giant frog tongue that sucks people in and it slowly absorbs them. Yes. Um, So that particular monster was born of my fear of enclosed spaces. Uh, When I created these monsters, I tried to think, okay, what am I terrified of? I'm terrified of like open ocean, which is where the Hegya came from. And I'm terrified of enclosed dark spaces, which is where the Gunda came from. So I took my fears and then I basically mm. built monsters around them. So um, this, there's this monster, the Gunda, that, that sucks you in and then closes you with, encloses you within its body and you're just held tight and you slowly suffocate and it slowly absorbs you through its skin and there's just nothing you can do. And that's like the scariest thing to me possible. Yeah, <laughs> but- I mean, you even have the main character go like, huh, oh god, it, this is what would happen. Would it be worse to be slowly dissolved or would it worse to be worse to be in the dark and suffocate to death in this thing and know that you're dying like oh my god it was just a horrific monster and yeah it was very creepy what a what a um what a, that must have actually been really fun to create monsters from from scratch essentially like oh it was so much fun oh my gosh <laughs> i mean I just let myself have free reign <laughs> yeah that's so great uh and you have like creepy like beetle cat Clawed, eyeball-y. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, like infected, paralyzing venom, like like hybrid-y weird. I don't even know what – I'm trying to think of like what they compare to in my mind. But I'm like, I mean, they kind of <laughs> – I don't even know. But they're really freaky. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad that's a compliment. They really are. Yes, I was like, it is a compliment. <laughs> creepy monsters. That's um, what I was going for. <laughs> I love that this is just like – your brain just exploded and you're like, I'm going to just do what I want and it's going to be fun and I'm going to do axes and I'm going to do a bunch of crazy stuff. And actually the big main character is a young, like 18 ish woman who mm-hmm. as the, and the, the synopsis says this, basically she's tricked during her trial and like betrayed and it causes her to be exiled. And then, yes. so she's trying to earn her way back into her, her town, her tribe. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, she is such a, I mean, she's literally the only one in her family that is like, quote unquote, more like how they define a boy. Like she's the warrior. She's not making jewelry. She's like 
throwing axes and she's stockier than her like super pretty slender sisters like she's always felt plain and like you know she is warrior woman like that is obviously the title of the book too but you know her whole journey is about her strength and finding strength in herself and breaking free from um not just her family but also like a societal Um, mold almost yes and also bad memories she almost has like a ptsd with like the experience for the people who'd betrayed her like it keeps like flashing back (laughs) into her life a lot and i i wanted to ask you about this but i also actually this perfectly came up because we're recording this for those of you listening on a saturday and on fridays now there are these uh fantasy on fridays on instagram hashtag fantasy on fridays yes. <laughs> really cool um a bunch of authors basically get together and support each other's books and promote each other's books it's really great and uh, they were talking about yours yesterday and i read your little comment here and you were just like talking about alana tamra pierce and loving that but how you say it you said here it is a goal of mine to always write fierce females whether they are fierce in fighting in wits in bravery or in something as simple as the desire to be better all women are complex and wonderful and the world should see us as more than just a token character and i was like well that is you couldn't you know like there's no way to say that better because that's oh thank you that is i think there's so much truth to that and i guess tell us about why you wanted to tell this story, this character's story this way. Absolutely. Um, you know, as a as a young girl and as a teenager, I just remember feeling like I had to be as masculine as possible. I noticed that men commanded attention better than almost anyone else. Men were seemed to be more respected. And maybe this was just my experience. I grew up in a very small town, so it's probably a little more... I don't know, small town culture, whatever. But I just, I felt like, okay, I have to not show emotion because that's a girly thing, right? I have Mm. to not like the color pink. I can't wear anything that's overly girly. I just, I don't know why, but I just grew up and, and this was my observation growing up. And I had to go through this journey where I realized just because society seems to praise masculine qualities and put down feminine qualities. I mean, we have these, these, sayings like don't cry like a little girl and man up and things like that that are just in our our culture Um, but just because the system is flawed it doesn't mean I have to adhere to it so I had to go through a a period of time where I realized no embrace my femininity I love pink I love you know being a strong and empowered and emotional woman and being able to convey my emotions through words you know I I had to really embrace that and find confidence in myself Mm. so Razmira kind of goes through that but in a slightly different way and so I really pulled from my own experiences and kind of poured that into the novel it's funny because your recent author photos you're wearing like purple and lavender and you have super long hair so like (laughs) I mean you're not wearing like frills or lace or anything that's you know definitively feminine per se but yeah it's definitely not like I looked at you as like masculine you know which is interesting that that was what you I don't know if I would have been that intuitive as a child I mean we obviously pick up on things but that's interesting that that's what you remember noticing being like, well, if I want to be heard, I need to be a certain way. Yeah. I can't even explain because it wasn't like that in my home. You know, my parents were very loving and very supportive of me as a woman. It was just something, something in my school. I don't know. It was just a a sense that I had while growing up. You know, I was, I was really talented in school. I had, I got really good grades. I was MVP of my sports teams. I was, uh, I, you know, I did really good stuff, but I, I never had the confidence that I should have that came with that stuff. And being confident was also something that I had to learn on my own. So 
Razmira has to learn that it's okay for her to love herself, even if other people don't give her that love that she deserves anyway. So. Well, and it's almost like what you're saying. She also has to give herself permission to acknowledge that it's okay to be vulnerable too. Yes, absolutely. Because she has that whole, like, like you said, cry like a girl. And that's one of the things she, she actually struggles with is like, I can't cry. And then she's like, well, wait, I'm, I'm not, my family's not here. I'm out in the wild. They, you know, everyone abandoned me. I can do whatever the heck I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that's, it's so interesting. It's just, I, I haven't read your pirate books. I'm not a huge pirate book fan, personally. I have a hard time reading them. Um, I have friends who are freaking obsessed with them, though. Like, obsessed <laughs> with them. Um, and, like, have been telling me about the, you have, the, you know, strong women in that, too. So, obviously, that's just part of your, like, writing narrative. It's um, what I try to do, definitely. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's so cool that you're how much you're drawing from your own experience for in this book too, which is really cool. Thank um, you. Was it, cause the, the other books are duology, right? Yes. And this is a standalone. Yes. How was that process? Was it different kind of cultivating a, a plot or a storyline or like working it down into one book or did it just kind of naturally become what it is? You know, the idea presented itself as a standalone. Um, readers will know when they get to the end, like, yeah, it's over. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we finished what we set out to do. And and now, you know, what? I never felt the need to stretch it out into two. I just felt very confident that I could do it in one book and get across all the things that I wanted to get across. Um, some ideas are that way. Some present themselves as, as series with multiple steps and some just present themselves as um, standalones. My, my next book is actually a fantasy standalone as well that comes out next year. Oh, that's mm -hmm. exciting. Um, yeah. It's funny because like series, like trilogies were all the rage for like a decade and they're still very popular. Um, yes. but like, I remember like the first duology I ever read, I was like, two books, this is weird. Like, <laughs> why is it weird? This is, why is this a thing? You know, um, uh -huh. let alone. And then I actually fought reading standalones for a really long time because really? I was like, yes, because I love getting lost in worlds that I'm in love with. So I was like, there's not going to yeah. be enough. So I, I, I took a risk and I, I read two books that you can't really fail at. I read the Scorpio races by Maggie C. Butter. <laughs> and I also read, uh, the coldest girl in cold town by Holly Black. Black. Yeah. yeah. And both of those are really good standalones. So I was like, well, I have lots of standalone fantasies to recommend if you want more titles. That are fabulous. Uh, yeah, let's <laughs> actually I have a recommendation section at the end. I will we'll come right back to that because I was like, this is great. And it, it actually it felt kind of going back to the burnout. Um, mm -hmm. You know, part of what I think caused my burnout is I don't have a very good memory. So if I'm interviewing an author on um like, for example, I interviewed uh, S.A. Shockerbordy on her second book. Now, I read City of Brass last year, and I absolutely loved it. And But it was so complicated that I knew I wanted to remember the details before I read book two. And so I had to, like, read two books instead of just one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that's just more time. And so luckily for that, I found a really good synopsis of book one. I read it about halfway through, and I was like, you know, let me see if I can find it. And I did. But it's just time spent reading and rehashing stories that maybe don't feel as fresh because I just read them or whatever. So sure. I could feel like standalones might, maybe that's one of the reasons I like felt totally satisfied when I finished the book. I was like, this is good. I, fed, I read, I finished the story and I feel good because it's like you said, it's done. I don't have to wait for the next one. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting that 
psychologically how that might have affected me as a reader. Um, I think it's cool that you're you're choosing to write two standalones back to back that you're kind of just getting stories that feel thank you kind of all encompassing. But I mean, a lot happens in this book, and it's it's not a super long book, relatively speaking. It's like three hundred. It's seven. not. Yeah, I remember thinking like, oh, this is actually won't take me forever to read but holy crap a lot happens in this book in those pages it's really a lot of stuff um so yeah it was it was a good read on on my end but i i don't know i guess i was just curious about the the process of creating two versus one um sounds like it just kind of fell into your lap that way just kind of yeah it's just kind of the way the the idea hits me um, I know some publishers will push their authors to like stretch ideas out into one but or into more than one book, but my my publisher doesn't do that. Um, and I, I I think of myself as a very concise writer, um, which is why you say yeah, a lot of stuff happens in a not very big book. My writing is pretty concise. I don't go into extra flowery details or anything. I'm more of like a let the story speak for itself mm. and you know get put it out as quickly as possible. I don't know. I mean, there's a place for both. I think beautiful writing and for more concise stories, there's definitely a place for both. And it's really fun to switch it up in your reading um, repertoire. But, um, but yeah, it's just the way the idea hit me. And um, it was kind of hard saying goodbye so quickly to characters. I will say that because mm. I just, you know, I only wrote the one book and then it was like, Oh, now my babies are all grown. They're done. You know, there's <laughs> no more. <laughs> so that was a little hard versus um, pirate King, daughter, of the pirate King and daughter, of the siren queen. When I got to um, interact with them for two whole books and mm. see them grow a little bit more. So it's a different style, but, um, but I think they both have their place for sure. So you said you're working on a fantasy standalone. Yes. Can you tell I us anything know. about it? Is it like high fantasy? Like what, how would you define it? Like, so that is a good question. So it is a young adult romance with fantasy elements in the background, almost, I would say. So the, the main element of the story is a romance and it goes from there. Um, actually I just got permission from my editor to talk about it. So if you'd like, I'll give you the pitch for the book. Um, yeah. Cause this will be, like I said, it, this is going out um, on Monday. So it's the day before the book comes out. So if you have permission on oh, Monday perfect. to talk about it, then we can talk yes, about it now. Yes, I do. Okay. It's called the shadows between us. Ooh, and it title. is about, Oh, thank you. I'm very excited about it. It's about a, a girl who is the ignored second daughter of a nobleman, but she has a plan for how she's going to gain power. She is going to woo the King over all the world. She's going to marry the King and then she's going to kill him and take his kingdom for herself. <laughs> So it is a Slytherin romance is my pitch. Oh my gosh, um, that's amazing. <laughs> thank you. I'm very excited about it. It's maybe my favorite book that I've written so far. I just wow. had so much fun. So it's still got my my um, my standard action adventure elements and everything. But at its core, this one really is a romance. Um, and the Shadow King obviously has shadow powers. So that's where the fantasy element comes in. Gotcha. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. But that's such a cool concept. And... Thank you know, you. and I'm sure obviously she has a plan and things go awry as they do. Yes. What um, happens when you fall in love for real? Whoops. <laughs> oh, your plans go amok. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what have you been reading lately? Or do you want to just jump into like standalones that you would recommend or, or both? You could do both. Yeah, I can definitely do both. Um, let's start with a few standalones. Um, I recommend to everyone Uprooted by Naomi Novik. I have I read that. That was incredible. I love that book so much. Oh my gosh. It was just incredible. Um, I recently read Long May She Rain, 
which is definitely a quieter book. Um, but I just loved it because the main character is an introvert with social anxiety. And as somebody who grew up an introvert with social anxiety, I just so related to that book. Um, she's like 23rd in line to the throne. Um, and she's at a feast at the, at the King's birthday feast. And she's just so overcome by all the people that she leaves early. And while she leaves, everybody's murdered. And so she becomes queen. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's it's just so delightful. Like this poor introvert who left the party because she couldn't take it suddenly has to rule everything way out of her comfort zone. Really good. Uh, yeah, that was really fun. Long may she reign. What else? Oh, I love Graceling. You can't go wrong with Graceling. It's probably one of my favorite fantasy standalones of all time. If you haven't read that, definitely read that one. She feels like she made it into a trilogy, but I like it as a, like a by itself. I mean, you can call the whole thing a trilogy, but like each book is about a different character. So it's like, it's it's its own thing. You can read them totally separate of themselves. So I would consider Graceling a standalone, even if it's part of like a bigger world series, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally does. I agree. Yeah. Um, Sky in the Deep by Adrian Young is another um, battle axe story that's also very good and a standalone. That was fabulous. Um, and then The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I love that book so I, much. <laughs> I've been seeing that cover out and about in the world not that long ago. Um, oh my gosh. It's so good. It has one of the best male-male fan, uh, romances in YA that I've ever read. It's just so good. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Those all sound amazing. I've read like half of them, but the other ones I'm like, okay, okay. check. That's nice. I actually have um, Spinning Silver from Naomi Novik. Yes. Uh, I heard was excellent. My friend and I actually swapped. She had Spinning. I had Uprooted. And uprooted. We, and so uh, she's one of the friends I'm visiting next week. So I'm going to just like, even though she mailed it to me, I'm going to like physically take it back to her when I fly there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I haven't read it yet because I've been busy again with podcasting stuff. So I'm like, oh, this will be like my plane read. I can just like read this and then hand it back to her, which would be great. So I've heard it's really good too. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to read that one, but it's on my TBR as well. I'm really excited to read it. Um, oh, I, I can't believe I forgot this, but I have to give a shout out to one more fantastic standalone book, To Kill a Kingdom by Alexandra Christo. I'm actually going on tour with her at the end of March, and um, we're going to have a blast. So To Kill a Kingdom is another pirate siren story that yes. everybody should check out. It's fabulous. Yes, I've seen so. a lot about that book, too. Oh, yeah. Do you want to read a good Slytherin character? Oh, read To Kill a Kingdom. It's fabulous. <laughs> wow. These are some really fun and great recommendations. Have you read anything else lately? or? Oh, yeah. So those are just my standalones. Um, my recent reads, let's see. Oh, I just read Lee Bardugo's King of Scars, mm-hmm. uh, which was fabulous and can't masterful. Go wrong. I mean, can't go wrong with that. Um, I recently read Mind Games by Shana Silver. Uh, it doesn't come out until later this year, um, but it was this fabulous uh, sci-fi about this girl who um, she basically sells memories. She can hack <laughs> into the system and give her classmates memories. They pay her to have certain memories. So like hey, give me the memory of this kid taking the test so that I can, you know, he's the straight A student, you know, <laughs> um, which is kind of fun. But then um, somebody hacks into her memory and steals her memories. And she has to figure out who the hacker is and what memories they've taken from her and why. So it's also kind of a really fun thriller. Um, so that was really fabulous. Um, super good. enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, the Wicked King, Holly Black, obviously another fabulous one that I just read. Can't go wrong with that. Let's see. Oh, Circle of Shadows by Evelyn Skye. I have this next on my re- reading. I want to do the yeah. audio for that. It, start, it sounds really good. Her, her new duology. Oh, yeah. Ninjas and really cool magic. Uh, it's fabulous. I really enjoyed that one. 
So yeah, those are my most recent reads. <laughs> those are all excellent suggestions. I was like, you and I have very similar reading tastes too. I was like, oh yeah, either I've read them or I'm like, yeah, I really want to read those. So I don't stray too far from fantasy sci-fi. I like to read um, extensively in the genre that I write so that my books feel unique. Um, and I have to know it's already be done, been done so I can do that. So um, it's maybe boring to other people to, to do that, but I love it. I just never get sick of it. So See, I love reading. I very rarely read contemporary. Like, I, I don't ever, I think the only time I ever do is if I want, like, a, a, like a snarky romance well, that'll, like, yes. a, an adult romance, not even, like, a YA romance. Too much emotion. Oh, sure. Um, Too much emotion. You know, like, I'm like, you know, we're, we were just talking about, like, I was talking about this with another author. I can't remember who it was. Another episode recently about, like, you know, it's always, like, the, the general adult contemporaries are, like, you know, the sister's murdered in the woods, and then the mom is grieving, and then they have to find who done it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Give me a break. I don't want to read that again. Meanwhile, I can't judge because, I mean, every urban fantasy is like a magic slash oh, yeah. half-breed <laughs> slash something, you know, private investigator. And I read that shit every time. I'm like, yep. Uh, oh, wait. She's the Grim Reaper this time? Okay, cool. That's different or whatever, you know? Fabulous. So oh, yeah. it's, it's just your personal taste, of course. But I don't know. I read for escapism. So it sounds like the fantasy provides cool. that, you know? Absolutely. Um, so good for that. What an interesting uh, take on that, too, because you want to read in your genre so that you feel different as opposed to being worried that you would draw inspiration from others in that oh, sense. You, you know, know, like I've copy. Never, I've never had that problem. I know some some authors will say they can't read while they're mm -hmm. writing a book because mm -hmm. they, they take from other people accidentally. And I just never had that problem. I don't know. That is, so I mean, I that's just, great. It means you yeah. can actively <laughs> I mean, read good. while yeah. you're writing too. In trouble accidentally, you know, but um, yeah, I just haven't had that problem, and it inspires me to write new things. I don't know. It just, uh, it just does. Okay. Wow, that's awesome, uh, Trisha. This was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I had lots of fun. This was so great. Uh, next week we have Samantha Shannon talking about Priory of the Orange Tree. So uh, make sure you tune back for that. I want to read that one. Yeah, it's a it's a tome. <laughs> it is very good. Um, yes. It is it is a slow read, but I like I took my time because I was like processing, and I just it was beautiful. Oh written. yeah, really good. Those epic fantasies you gotta you gotta take them in. Yes, <laughs> um, but guys, check out Trisha's new book, and thanks yep. again for listening. And bye.